Amen. Amen. Welcome Pastor Todd this morning as he comes. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to take a look again at that letter or the word that the Lord gave one of our students in Caneo. I saw wet footprints all over. All over the earth. All over the earth. Some were drips and others were sunk in like puddles. These footprints were in parched areas, carrying people to baptism waters. I felt God honoring every footprint that has emerged from the pools and carried the testimony of the water with them into the world. He remembers every wet step of glory. These footprints are drenching the world in the gospel one step at a time. They are watermarks of God's love. Come on now. I know that a few of our people are headed overseas. Larry and Kay Peoples are headed to India. Joel Crompton um, is headed to Africa. And Rob and Lisseth are headed to Colombia in the next few weeks. And many others are going to be traveling around the world. But I'm telling you, this is a prophetic word that needs to be archived and to be revisited because God will be raising up over 100 youth, young people and adults and senior citizens, and I'm not leaving anybody out, in the next couple of years to be sent around the world to baptize, to preach the gospel, some to sacrifice deeply, but there will be over 100 of us, and I'm not talking about short-term missions, just going in, out, in and out. We've already exceeded the 100 of that uh, multiple times, many trips as we've taken. But there will be specific 100 leaders, pastors, teachers, missionaries called to go preach the gospel around the world. And they're going to be taking some wet feet with them. Hallelujah. I got a, uh, a text from a gentleman that I love deeply from Louisiana. And he, he said, Todd, I, I want to send you a picture. He says, I am right now in Ukraine, and here is an immersion mikvah. He said, we are holding a pastor's conference and pastors from the bombed out areas, you know, they don't know where to get, where to go, but they're coming there. Many of the people are, are um, finding refuge in some of the cities that are up in the northern and the, I believe it is the west um, part of Ukraine that uh, they can find uh, comfort and shelter and food. There will be a day that we will raise over a million dollars in our church to send to the Ukraine to rebuild churches. 
there will be a quarter million that comes right here out of this congregation, the North Georgia Revival, but there will be another million that will be raised throughout America as a result of that. So there'll be over $1.25 million that we will send to the appropriate agency to help pastors rebuild their churches. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that with me? Come on. I want you to stand to your feet for just a moment. I want to pray against the war in Ukraine. I want to speak against it. It's at a very pivotal moment. Lord, I thank you that in the, uh, in the Bible that you let us know that there are wars. And Lord, it is devastating and harmful and demonic in every area and every time because you do not love death. But Lord, sometimes we have to defend and sometimes we have to be aggressive in certain areas. And Lord, I thank you that right now that even though we don't agree with all parties politically on that particular issue, but we know men are dying, women are dying, children are dying, moms are losing sons and children are losing daddies. God, this conflict needs to stop, and I know you're aware of that, but God, collectively, we here at Christ Fellowship pray for confound confusion in Vladimir Putin's heart. And Lord, if necessary, do whatever you have to do to stop this conflict. May the people of Russia rise up. May peace come. May peace come. May peace come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Come on, Lord. Make it happen. Make it happen. Glory to the Lord. My goodness. I, I, just to kind of bring you guys up to date on a couple of things, I was... Uh, traveling this week, and I was in Indiana preaching the gospel and had such a beautiful, beautiful time. On Monday night, uh, these five people got born again. Come on now. On Tuesday night, these individuals got born again. What an incredible harvest. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just beautiful. I get the privilege from time to time to get uh, letters like this one. Uh, you can't read that. Um, it's in cursive. 90% of us probably can't read it anymore. And, um, but I got a letter from a lady um, from Virginia, and, and she uh, just let us know of a testimony about, um, about her grandson. Um, he was diagnosed with autism between 18 months and 24 months. As he began missing milestones, he started to talk around one year but became nonverbal. He also had skin problems, food problems, etc. They followed. Around four years old, he started physical therapy for um, being. Um, locked into a, lock, a walker as well. He, he, I, I'm trying to read this. Um, I can't read everything. 
can't make it out. Um, so he did what they said and nothing else they could do. The doctor tried this and that, but nothing was helping. They talked about surgery, but decided not to do it. The problem was while his bones and muscles were growing, his tendons were not keeping up. So at seven, they put him in braces. Every time he grew, he needed new braces. The braces kept his feet and legs in a certain position. But when they removed the braces, he went back to toe walking. Everybody say toe walking. He's worn them from, for two years, seven to nine years old. Then doctors said that he had good flexibility, but not anything more. So our friend drove from their particular area to Dawsonville for the January 1st meeting for his healing and for my grandson, Ryan. He was in a lot of pain and he had arthritis behind his knees. Now this is talking about the gentleman that was there. My friend went into the swimming pool and the man said he had a vision of the Lord in front of him washing his feet. That touched him. He also brought two hand towels, which I asked him to bring. The man anointed them and prayed over them. And my friend's healing hasn't manifested yet. But when he came back, he brought the towels and told us about the trip. He only stayed a short time because he was tired and wanted to go home. It so happened that Ryan was there at the time. Now, are you following me? So this man gets into the water, two hand towels. Ryan's the one that can not walk except on his tiptoes. It so happened that Ryan was there at the time, so I called him over and had him sit on a chair. I covered his legs and his feet with a towel and prayed for them in Jesus' name. I also prayed for every autistic system to leave. Then I told him to get up and walk. He took three steps, and I said, Ryan, look at your feet. They are flat. Ryan laughed and cried and fell on his knees and said thank you over and over to the Lord. The towel were not wrung out. So we pulled one out there was a puddle on the floor. He said it was like the water in the towel went into my legs. I felt it just flowing up and down in my legs. Then there was like a pop that I felt. He then tried to walk on his toes but could not. 
he could not get into that position. Somebody ought to praise him in the house, I'm telling you. I said somebody ought to give him a praise in the house. Like, This never, ever, 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 ever gets old. I love the description, that man. That man, that man. Isn't it interesting that people come from all over the world? This sweet lady drove down from Edmonton, Ontario, or Edmonton, Canada today. How long did it take you to drive or to get here? Well, how many hours? 12 hours to get here. Not to meet an individual, to meet a woman, to meet a man, but they came to meet the man. They're not interested who's in the water and what their name is. All they care or concerned about is the one, the man in the water. 100% nameless and faceless move of God. My foot popped. This is why we pray. You'll never meet Ryan. I'll never see him probably a day in my life. But one day he's going to come up to every one of you that commit to pray and commit to serve and say, thank you. My life was changed because you prayed. Touch your neighbor and say, thank you, thank you, thank you for praying the price. Say it right now. Thank you for praying the price. My Lord in heaven. I want you to go in your Bibles, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 12 and Luke chapter 11 today. Hebrews chapter 12. I want to spend just a few moments. I have multiple things spinning in my heart that I want to share, but there are things that are on a time release that need to be shared now and others that the Lord will continue to percolate in my spirit to be released at the right time. I love the nowness of the Lord. I love the men and women that are serving in the waters. Now let me tell you how important this is as I, as I regress just a little bit. I don't know who the man was and the team around him, but he just didn't take it as, I've got a two-hour shift and let me get this done so that I can plan my day tomorrow. Or I wish, you know, I wouldn't have checked in on planning center today. I got other things to do. I want you to know that every person that serves in those waters, either handing the towels, serving in the back, vacuuming, cleaning toilets, running sound and cameras and all of the things that we do all matter to people. I get, I get letters every week saying we do not miss a service. We watch from, and they tell us the, the, the state, the nation. But that individual took the time to pray and to seek God. I saw the Lord washing your feet. Did you make the connection? 
it wasn't for the man that came down. It was for the little Ryan back in the... Thank you for hearing the voice of God. Thank you for communing with him and giving that word. What you do matters. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, the Bible says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one's going to see the Lord. Looking carefully, everybody say, Look carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. Everybody say, Root of bitterness. Sometimes you don't even know that you have bitterness until it springs up, until it sprouts. And how many of you know that weeds of all type cause trouble? I have a lawn that I'd love to take, I I don't take care of it, but I love for it to be taken care of and to be weedless. I'm just, I'm just that way. I, I hate, I'll see something sprout in it and I'll walk out there and pull it up with my fingers if I have to. Because I know that one unattended root can spread throughout, drop seedlings, and the next thing you know, because it is unattended, it affects every other area around it. time to weed. The Bible says here very carefully, verse 15, lest any root of bitterness spring up cause trouble and this many become defiled. Luke 11 verse Two says, so he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And then he says, forgive us our sins, that, for if we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. I want to talk about the bitter root of unforgiveness. And you're probably thinking, why in the world in the midst of revival where we've seen now 32,000 people come into the baptismal waters and we are seeing miracles like this on a continual basis? I'm telling you, I'm going to share some things with you tonight, some testimonies that are going to blow your mind. What God's done and doing in the water. You see, when you're in the middle of the revival, you have to pastor your people on how to operate and to function at a high level in the midst of a move of God. I want to talk about the bitter root of bitterness because it is very plausible and easy that even in the midst of what God's doing here that you and I can be affected by unforgiveness and bitterness. Amen? So, I want to talk about this. See, I'm holding in my hand a quarter I'm a heads guy. I always called heads when I had an opportunity. I always call heads. I just like, I like heads. How many of you are a heads person? I mean, if you had three of us, praise the Lord. I mean, (laughs) 
But have you ever heard there's two sides to every coin? On, on this side of heads is when life is good and all of your relationships are healthy. Your job's good, you're being treated well, you're being compensated well, your neighborhood, everybody likes you, your neighbors are good, they're compliant, they do all the right things, they don't make noise after six in the afternoon. All is well. But what happens when the coin flips? And now you have to deal with the other side. When the good person that you know and care for does something to hurt you. What do you do when the job that you thought that you would be there forever and retire and to run off into the sunset and for the last golden years, all of a sudden, three years before your retirement, decide to let you go? On this side of the coin, as life happens, sometimes people that you respect they do something to you that hurts you. Someone you befriended betrays you. A fellow coworker disrespects you. And sometimes even worse, when an authority in your life violates you. A parent leaves you, and a son and daughter dishonors you. All of these are real issues that are represented in this house. And I stand in the front of people this morning, not a perfect people, but people trying to manage and navigate through these problems. Am I telling the truth today? But I've discovered a few things about unforgiveness in my own heart, in my own life, because I'll never forget the day that at this altar, the Lord asked me to handle some things and some hurts that I had been carrying on hidden beneath the surface for a decade. That I had thought that I had already made me um, adjustments to and I had already taken care of it, but the Lord highlighted and said, Todd, there's some things in your life I need you to deal with and I need you to go get some things right with people. I knew at that moment that I had a decision to make, but I'm a very prideful man. And I will look for every reason why not to have to humble myself in front of others. It is easy to humble yourself in front of God because he already knows you. But the facade that oftentimes we try to put up in front of others is one of perfection and no kinks in the armor. And at any moment that you have it revealed to you that you need to lower yourself, your flesh rises up because it's about self-preservation. I remember telling the Lord at that 
point right over here. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm, I, I can't do that. In fact, they hurt me and they need to come to me. I'm having this conversation with the Lord because I knew in my spirit that I would be the most difficult thing that I'd ever done in my life, perhaps. And I felt the Lord not say another word to me, but him withdraw from me. Not that he left me in the indwelling presence of the Lord, but I had determined at that moment the degree and the weight of God that I was willing to carry. God will put upon your flesh the amount that you're willing to carry and that you are able to carry. And he knew that the revival was about to go to the next place, but it was, it was contingent upon how I dealt with this unforgiveness and the harm that I committed. And I said, Lord, they need to come to me. And I felt him literally pull two steps back from me. I felt it. And, and I determined, not him at that moment, that's all of God that I could handle. Would he love me? Yes. Would he care for me? Yes. Would the revival be where it is today? Absolutely not. We as people get to determine the level and dimension of God in our space. One act of, of, of disobedience, of a, of a dictate from the Lord as important as this would have halted. He would have still blessed us to this point and kept blessing us but we would not be experiencing overflow and abundance. One act of obedience opens the door for more. One act of disobedience halts, halts the progress. Does that make sense? Not that he's unmerciful and not patient and kind. It wouldn't have halted all of a sudden, but he would have began to pull back. And the revival would have ended then it would have been a great four-month run. And we would have still been talking about it today. And we would have wondered, why did that stop? And we would have never known. But I would. Because oftentimes it stops in private before it stops publicly. So when I felt him pull back, I said, Lord, I'll do it. I'll go. Whatever you do, do not take your hand off of my life. And I started making the rounds, and these men I've not seen in 10 years all of a sudden started popping up everywhere. And I remember often, and I don't want to tell the story in great detail, I just remember often when the Lord would say, there's one, I say, Lord, I see him. And it was, it was difficult. I hated every moment of it. I want to tell you, I hated every moment of it because of what it was doing to my flesh. My flesh was like wanting to prop itself up. God was trying to annihilate it, just destroy it, to have no rights, to have no space for the devil to take hold of, no root. He was digging down deep inside of me that I didn't even know that root was there and... 
and, and, and he was trying to go way down deep to get it. And I remember I saw a gentleman 150 yards away probably getting into his van, and the Lord says, there he is. I told Karen, I said, Karen, I got to go. She goes, I know. And so I walked that 150 to 200 yards. Pastor Marty, I think you guys and Paula Joe were there with us. It was the longest walk of my life. And God was nowhere to be found. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. He wasn't anywhere. I mean, he was there, but I certainly didn't feel him. But it's like the proud daddy that, you know, has to send the kid back to school with instructions. If he does it again, take your fist and walk straight up to that big bully. Okay, no, I'm not going to go there because some of you are going to go crazy. And he has to put the kid back on the bus knowing that he can't sit next to him the, all the days of his life. There's certain things that he has to handle. May, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I need to say that over here because do you understand? Some of y'all think, I don't know, that's, a, that's violence. Some... All right, so the point is, the point is he watched me walk and let me deal with this on my own with his aid but I felt him not. But the moment it was handled, it was like he was right there with me. Now he steps into it and go, that's my boy. That's my boy. And so the walk back was like, you know, like, the walk over there was like, you know what I'm saying? There will be some things highlighted today that perhaps the Lord is going to reveal to us about a root in our, in, our, in our spirit, in our life, because he wants to put more glory. He wants to bring more into your life, but he can't because unforgiveness, write this down, clogs the drain. Does that make sense? Write this down as well. Just a few things. Not only does unforgiveness clog the drain, unforgiveness delays your development. Now, there are other areas of your life that may flourish, but God is looking for complete, total maturity in our lives in all areas. And so that area that may be the key to you moving forward in the Lord and the things in your life and relationships, mm-hmm, and your maturity spiritually and naturally, unforgiveness delays that development. Number three, write it down. Unforgiveness can postpone your purpose. I'm gonna say it again, it can, it can, it can postpone your purpose. Well, why, why aren't I able to do this? Why, why can't I be used of God in the gifts? Why, why can't I um, have this joy in my heart. Why does everybody always happy and I seem to be so unhappy? And why can't I just find my purpose in life? And God may be saying, it may be locked down because of a root of, of bitterness and unforgiveness in your life. Now, I'm just saying perhaps.
Unforgiveness, write it down, is like a hidden rogue cell that drips poison all over you. Your Bible says so in as much. Root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. How many of you know that it just causes trouble? And then others become contaminated. Many become contaminated because of a root of bitterness. A parent that has not dealt with unforgiveness or bitterness in their life can cause their children to be developed in a way of having anger issues, Mm. low self-esteem, confusion, anxiety. If one parent has come to a place in her life of having unforgiveness, your word says, your Bible says, many will become defiled. Your marriage gets contaminated. You can't experience true intimacy because of something that you're thinking of and something that's going on in your mind. And you may not be thinking about it as intimacy is trying to happen, but because of it inside of you, you can't release love. You can't receive love. You can't give. Hmm. Let me put it this way. If we don't forgive others, their words and their actions, we can grow bitter and resentful and all of our relationships at some level will suffer. Talk to me in this place. How many of you know that studies, science, um, medical science validates that unforgiveness can cause pain physically and can dampen your lifespan and it can literally cause physical problems in your body. It drains you of sleep and strength. It leads to fatigue and anxiety. It leads to um, psychosomatic disorders, complications in your mind. Your immune system is affected negatively. It affects all age. God knew this. Now, stay with me because I'm going somewhere very, very profound. I'm going to teach you the importance and power of what will happen in your life when you forgive today. Now, watch this. Jesus understood this. Peter asked him the question, Lord, how often should I forgive my friend who sins against me, my brother? And Jesus said, I need you to forgive him seven times 70. In other words, it's never ending. Well, that's going to get exhausting. I know, get it. During his conversation, Peter, Jesus told the parable of the unforgiving servant in Matthew chapter 18, and and Jesus came down hard on the man that was forgiving but chose not to forgive. Jesus said, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither your Father will forgive you of your trespasses. I don't know how you're going to unpack that. But I don't know how you're going to look at that when you say, God, 
I need you to forgive me, and yet we won't forgive others. God says, I'm not going to forgive this. This is going to hamper our relationship. That's what he's talking about. Our relationship is going to be effective because you're asking me to give you something that I freely give that you have no right really to ask of me and I should bring justice to you and not mercy and you want me to cover and to look the other way and let you go, yet there's someone over here that has harmed you, hurt you in some way and you choose not to forgive them. There's something about this relationship that's not working. So here's the issue. He says, if you want me, if you want me to forgive you, I need you to forgive others down the line. That's why Matthew 18 talks about it. And Jesus became so irate about the guy that was forgiving of an atrocious uh, amount of money, but yet he wouldn't forgive somebody that owed him just a few dollars. Well, pastor, you don't understand what they did to me. You don't understand what they said to me. You don't understand, and I do not, and I'm not, I'm not claiming to know that, but all I know is what I have to do. My obligation is to teach the word, not, not to bring condemnation to you, but to bring freedoms because God wants to pull that root of bitterness out of you so that he can yank it out so it's not gonna contaminate and defile other areas of your life. I'm here to tell you it's gonna defile your family, it's gonna defile your relationships, it's gonna defile your money, it's gonna defile your career it's going to it's going to mess things up you may not think so now you may be think i'm young and i'm and i can handle it but over the years anxiety will come depression will come arthritis will come bursitis will come things like this that have their root in bitterness mm-hmm you remember this girl right here We love this miracle. This is Sarah from Venita, Oklahoma. And this is the moment that her peripheral vision opened up. She had no peripheral vision. She was born with no peripheral vision. She had zero sight out of the sides of her eyes. This is the moment in Venita, Oklahoma, Pastor uh, uh, Tim and Donna Lunk's church, where we captured when she realized I can see out of the corners of my eyes. Now we all rejoice over this miracle, but you have to understand that there was a struggle to get to this point. And this point was where God wanted to get her. But God needed her to walk through a couple of steps to get there. Yeah, Lord. Here's her story. You've heard it. I want to play it because it, it's so important. And when I tell you to stop, I want you to stop it in the back and so we can pick it right up. Turn the volume up. Thank you. I'm 19. Um, on Tuesday, I felt the Lord speak to me, and he told me to forgive someone that has hurt me in my life. Stop. And Stop. She's getting into the water, and she heard God say to her, I need you to, now listen to the language. I need you to forgive someone. And she said, that hurt me. Let me tell you the hurt. You ready for this? Two years prior to this, on a date, she was raped. 
It got state news. Television covered it and everything. It got lost in the court system. You can go to Venita, Oklahoma and read about it. Two years ago. Now, I don't know what you've walked through and what I've walked through, and it matters to each individually, but this young girl at 17 was raped. Not only was she violated sexually, but the court system and those that she trusted in authority dropped it. And justice was not and has not been served. Pick it up. I said no at first. I was like, this isn't happening. Like, we can't do this. And um, after a lot of deep thought and prayer with um, the Lord, he said, let's do this. And I committed to it. Um, when I was submerged the first time, I was still holding on. But the second time I was able to let go of everything, um, my heart was just at peace. For the past, like, almost two years, I have been angry at this person and have had hate towards them. Um, but the Lord blessed me after <laughs> I was able to forgive this person. Um, Sarah prayed over my eyes. I had no peripheral vision. I, had, I was legally blind without glasses. Um, I wore prism glasses to help me read better, um, turn my eyes in. They didn't turn in properly. My left eye kind of wandered off that way sometimes. But um, she started to pray over my eyes. And uh, when I went under the water again, I could just feel this pressure behind my eyes um, and it was so intense but I was afraid to open my eyes and look so I began to cry <laughs> it freaked me out but when I finally opened my eyes I uh, could see the people next to me my peripheral vision had been restored um, and then went home and continued to pray over myself um, and the next morning I flipped the light on or uh, the next morning I woke up and um, that hate and that anger was so gone and it was just like a relief. Um, I would usually grab for my glasses, but I didn't. I went to the bathroom, flipped the light on and I could looked in the mirror and I was like, wait a second, I can see everything. And so um, that is what happened to me on Tuesday in the water. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't it interesting that the Lord said, I need you to forgive? Would the miracle have happened if she had not forgiven? Great question. If I was a betting man, I would say no. One act of obedience opens the door. One act of disobedience to the voice of God and what you know to be the will of God closes everything that God has for you at this point. It would be unfair for him to reward disobedience. It would be out of his character to promote when we are in defilement of a rhema and even a logos word that says something that we ought to do. Our progress stops right there. Now, everything that we've experienced back here, we can continue to have. But anything moving forward is kind of buried off, if you will. Instead of stepping, watch this, through it, opening the door, because that step is often too painful, 
we will just back and enjoy all of this over and over and over again. And we feel the blessings of the Lord, the goodness of God. I'm fine. I'm not dealing with this. I'm just having the time of my life. My kids are blessed. My life is blessed. And every now and then this thing surfaces and then it defiles people and I can't have intimacy and I can't. I'm angry all the time. I cuss at my kids. I dehumanize people. I gossip about people. But yeah, I'm enjoying Jesus and everything right here where God says there's a whole nother world out there that if you will deal with this one thing, mm -hmm, this would look like the desert compared to the promised land. Mm -hmm. I, um, I remember this guy right here. You've heard me tell the story in Prestonburg, Kentucky. His name is Emery. Emery, um, 43 years ago, was sexually assaulted by, by a group of men, sodomized, violently um, raped. And he had heard what God was doing in the waters at Victorious Faith Church, Pastor Jason A. Dare in Prestonburg, Kentucky. And he goes underneath the water and he comes up out of the water and he hears the Lord say to him, Emery, if, um, if you'll forgive them, I'll heal your ear. But what you don't know that when he was raped 43 years ago, the men said, we cannot let him live because he's going to tell others of what had happened. And we're going to get in trouble. So they took a metal rod and they began to beat him. They began to beat him over and over and over again until he's unconscious, pool of blood. He's lying lifeless in front of them. And in doing so, they ruptured his eardrum, his right ear, where medically impossible for him to ever hear again. Hearing aid, surgery, it was destroyed. They crushed it but he could hear out of his left ear. He goes underneath water, he comes up, and God says, Emory, if you'll forgive them, I'll heal you. Again, I don't know what we've walked through, but I know 43 years ago, this man was held down and violently raped by three men. If that wasn't enough, the physical altercation that took place, the horror in his heart, lying in the pool of his own blood, bubbles coming out of his nose, blood coming out of his mouth, fluid coming out of his ears. Can you imagine the nightmares, the PTSD, every time he put a head on a pillow or when he was left alone? And 43 years later, the moment of confrontation with God, of total surrender, that's the key. A time of desperation, he said, Emery, if you'll forgive them, I'll heal you. Emery said, Lord, I'll forgive them. He goes under the water the next time he comes up and nothing happens to his ear, nothing. Emery climbs the steps, goes down the steps, but the next day, in his garage, his ear pops open. His ear pops open. And to this day, what was medically impossible, God did a creative miracle inside of his head and his ear canal and restored everything that 
was crushed. Sarah's miracle on the peripheral vision happened immediately, but her legal blindness did not happen until the next morning. I don't know if you caught that. Emery's miracle in the water was the act of obedience and the timing was left up to God and the next day. I feel in my spirit that some of the physical things that perhaps people are walking through today is not a result of age. but it's a result of aging prematurely. Unforgiveness and bitterness is a root that drains nutrients, resources, energy, strength, vitamins, and it pulls it away from the areas of your body that need it. And we blame it because now I'm 50, you may say, and I just don't feel well. Well, I'm going to show you other 50-year-olds in the same demographic, same educational system, same neighborhood, that are vital and have life. And I know every person's different. But if you're 50, you're just too young to be sick. I'm going to go ahead and say it. If you're 70, you're just too young to be sick. Well, while I'm at it, if you're 90, you're just way too young to be sick. <laughs> you understand? And I know our body is going to fall apart at some point. I know that because that's just what happens. But the point is, some of us are having issues in our body and if we give the Holy Spirit freedom to go back and we say, God, is there anything in my life that I need to take care of and give him the moment to speak to us? I believe, like Emery and Sarah, that God can change it in a moment and renew your strength like the eagles. Hmm. I like that. There's a move of God happening in Nashville, Tennessee. Karen and I were there December, uh, excuse me, Knoxville, Tennessee. Karen and I were there just a few uh, months ago. We were there in December, and we, um, we baptized, I don't know, Karen, how many people were in the room that were baptized, but there was this, little, this lady that came forward. I'm going to let her tell her story because it's, it's significant, but she only says it really quickly, so you don't, it's not elaborate like uh, Sarah's story. Um, Listen to her. This is at the Glory Church in Dante, Tennessee, right outside of Knoxville. Hi, my name is Mintha, and I have went here for around 30 years, um, basically my whole life. I got in the water back on December the 2nd um, for back issues that I had. The Lord had told me that day that I had some unforgiveness that I needed to let go of. Um, and I did that, and I got in the water that night. Your mind. 
Um, and when I got out, my back was completely healed. But then in the coming days, I've had psoriasis since I was in middle school. And my psoriasis is completely gone. And the Lord exceedingly abundantly did what I asked. Um, I went into the water just praying, by His stripes I am healed, and the Lord did heal me that time. Not all sickness is a result of unforgiveness. But some of our sicknesses are a direct result of unforgiveness. And you're carrying a burden that he would gladly carry if you would let him. He's not mad at anybody in this room. But he will speak to you very softly and he'll say this, like he told those three. Isn't that interesting? There's a trend that I'm finding as I travel, as I talk to people. They'll come up to me, Pastor Sherry, and they'll say, you won't believe what happened to me. And I'll say, tell me your story. And they'll say, well, it started when God asked me to forgive somebody. And I go, tell me about that. Well, it was a friend. Or it was my cousin. Or it was this. It was my boss. It was my coach my teacher that humiliated me. And ever since that, I've hated authority. It was my parent that walked out on me. And I said, what happened? He said, I forgave you. I said, tell me what happened after that. It just left. It just left. Bible talks about giving place to the devil. Submit to God. Submission is never easy. That's why they call it submit. It's easy to submit when you're in agreement. Submission doesn't happen when you're in agreement. That's called compliance. Submission is when you're in disagreement. I don't want to do this, God. I don't, want to, I don't want to make that walk. But nevertheless, your will be done. And not mine. For you know better. And so I'll submit, sub, I'll come up under that. And I'll walk underneath that. As difficult as it is. Resist the devil, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James chapter 5 says this, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. There's something about walking up to someone that you hurt or and saying, I need you to forgive me. Right here, when I said yes to the Lord and made those walks, I got healed in many areas of my life. 
And as a result of me getting healed, some of you got healed. Remember, Karen, the next day, when I, Sunday, when I made that story public, people started repenting to one another. And the revival went to the next place. And it may not be that you have to go to someone. It may be that you have to just simply release them. These three or four things, write them down very quickly. I'm going to put them on the screen, take a picture of them. I don't have time to elaborate on them. I have to come back maybe. So here's how, here's how I forgive you. Ready? Here it is. Number one, acknowledge the offense and the one who caused the offense. Do not deny that it happened. That's, that's not smart. You acknowledge the offense and the one who caused it to happen. Second of all, acknowledge and visualize the individual who offended you. Three, you're going to ask God's strength to forgive. He will give you strength, but he will not do it. You hear me? Here it is. Release them and cancel their debt that they owe to you. It is not enough for them or for you to say, I forgive them. Those are words that need to be said. But there has to come a point in your life, a point in your life where you say, I release them and I cancel the debt that they owe me. They do not have to come back to me to ask me to forgive them. They do not have to come to you and beg you and to bring an offering, send you on a trip, whatever it is. They don't, you, when you release them, you cancel the debt. Next, then you go to them on God's behalf and you cancel God's retribution to them. Now, this is when it gets to the next level. What are you talking about? You'll notice what Jesus said when he was crucified. There is a father in heaven watching his only son become crucified. There's an element of God of anger and justice. Read your Old Testament. You can find it throughout the Old Testament, right? that when someone crosses the line, the whole earth opens up and swallows tens of thousands of people. That's your Bible. So here is his only son on the cross, and what does Jesus say to the Father? Father, forgive them. Lord, I want you to cancel your retribution toward them. In the death of Stephen in the book of Acts, as he is being stoned to death and he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father, he says to them, Father, forgive them. This is another step of experiencing your total freedom, and that is to cancel the Father's retribution because Revelation, or excuse me, Romans chapter 12, verse 19, God says this. He says, if they're going to harm you, God says, you don't take it into your own matters as your heavenly Father, as your daddy. He says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and I'll make them pay. 
Can you imagine going to a father who your heavenly father and the ones that offended you, hurt you, broke you, just dehumanized you, you go to the Father and you're at a, such a level of compassion and love and of the mercy and the grace of God that you say, God, I know that they violated me. I know they humiliated me. I know that he raped me, she raped me, she, Lord, whatever the case, but God, I need you to forgive them. And Lord, do not bring your wrath upon their life. This is fulfillment of Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, where Jesus says, love those that hurt you, love your enemies, and pray for those that despitefully use you. This is another dimension of maturity in the, in, in the kingdom of God that some of us are not there quite yet, but you're going to be there today and tonight because I declare, I declare by the spirit of the Lord God, I declare that what we witnessed with our eyes with Sarah, what we heard with our ears with Samantha, and what we witnessed with also Emery, that the same thing that he did in their life, it is a trend. There's something that is happening here. There's something that God is speaking to us. If you will forgive them, I'll touch you. I will undo the results of all of the years of this pain in your life. Some of us won't forgive because of the people around us won't forgive. It'll look like weakness, soft. They've taken up the offense with you. And now there's a collaboration. The three-cord bind or uh, the wrapping around three cords is not easily broken. You tell your spouse, I'm thinking about forgiving them. I give, dear God, I'll never forgive them. They owe you something. You see what they did to you? They humiliated you in the company. You're three years from retirement. You've got fired. You were the most loyal employee that they had, and they took your benefits. Now look at us. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is something that has to be resolved in your own heart. And you're going to have to submit it to God and you're going to have to forgive them and you're going to have to let it go and not allow you to be, watch this, wrapped back up with that three-cord bond. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And lastly, pray for them to be blessed. And just another way of saying it, you know you're in complete freedom and victory when you don't even want the Lord to punish them for what they did. Stand your feet all across the room. Pastor Marty, I just know that tonight that the Lord will confirm his word with signs. That's Mark chapter 16. The Bible says they went and preached the word and the Lord confirmed that word with signs and wonders. 
I had two other messages that I've, I was having in my spirit for today. I'm just all over the place this week and hearing from the Lord on different areas. And, and then it was Thursday. The Lord said, I need you to deal with this on Sunday. I said, okay, Lord, evidently there's something urgent in the room. There's something urgent in the house. Perhaps you weren't supposed to be here. Now you find yourself here. Now there's a, a rub in your heart. You're thinking, oh, I wish I hadn't have been here. But it's, it's not because the Lord is wanting to press on you and to make you feel bad and to harm you and to make you feel yucky. No, it's here because he says, come to me. All of you that are heavy laden and burdened. He says, take my yoke. It's a yoke. You're not yokeless. He says, put it on. It has weight to it, but it's light. And that yoke is a life of forgiveness, receiving and giving. I want to invite you tonight. I know some of us physically challenged, and you're thinking, I can't even get into the water tonight because I'm so pained in my body, mentally, emotionally, physically. I believe that God will give you strength climb those steps, to be held in, to walk to the edge of the water and humble yourself. And not ask for healing, but say, I'm here to forgive. I need you to die before you live. I need you to be crushed before he takes that and makes it whole again. I need you to take it to the cross and say, Lord, I know this... Uh, even thinking about it is painful, but Lord, I bring it to the cross and I forgive them and I want you to forgive them too. I release them. Some of you have said that before, but tonight all of the roots are gone. Drown them in the water, suffocate them, where they can't even see the light of day ever again. My eyes have seen this, and my ears have witnessed. So, Lord, I ask you today, as our prayer partners and our altar workers, would you come to the front right now? Just quickly come right now, quickly. If you've been through our training, come now. Move quickly. Some of us that need prayer, you can't wait till tonight. But you can begin it right now. And then tonight you're gonna you're gonna make it happen in the water. It's gonna die fully and completely in the water. Scratch or crawl, do whatever you gotta do. I just want to open up the altar. Raw. Anybody need prayer over this? Someone to come in an agreement with you. 
come right now. Come right now. Let us pray with you. We're going to help you. Come all across the room. Just a few moments. Come right now. Ladies, some of you need to come because your husband walked out on you and and that's still root in the inside of you and you can't have a healthy relationship with others because it's still there. Tonight it dies. Tonight it dies. It was the first husband. He verbally and emotionally abused you. Now you're withdrawn and timid. Don't trust. Come right now. Anybody else? Come. Let us pray for you. Let us pray for you. Let us pray. Come on, lift your hands all across the room. Let's, let's begin to worship the Lord. Let's begin to cry out to Him. Lord, move in this place. We need freedom, oh God. Speak to us. Speak to us like you did Sarah. Speak to us like you did Samantha. Lord, speak to us like you did Emery. Tell us who and where, Lord. Show us, oh God. And if there are others in this room that need to go to someone to forgive, or not to forgive, but to ask for forgiveness. You've hurt them, you've bruised them, you battered them, you've lied on them, you've mistreated them, whatever the case is. This is how it happens. This is the kingdom of God. The favor of the Lord will not come upon you as long as we hold these roots of bitterness in us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Back pain's going. The back pain is going. The leg pains are going. The neck pain is going. Some of you have chronic migraines. Didn't happen until that trauma in your life. Tonight it dies. Tonight it dies. Some of you are now on prescription drugs because of what happened in the past. And still that root is there. It's pulling on that. It dies tonight. Hear me. It dies tonight. It dies tonight. It dies tonight. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Come on, let's pray. Just a few more minutes. Come on, pray. All across the room, pray. Ask Him to reveal it to you. Speak to you. Thank you, Lord. I love you. Mm. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. Uh-huh. Blessed be your name, Lord. Cancel the debt right now. Cancel the debt right now. They owe you nothing. Don't wish pain. Don't wish an early death. Don't wish negative things. You're in the witchcraft when you move into that realm. You're casting spells, voodoo. That's what you're doing. No more, Lord. You taught us to pray for our enemies and those that despitefully use you. Lord, how hard that is. Oh, God. 
Some of you hate, I just see this, some of you hate yourself. There's an abortion. There's an abortion that took place and you can't forgive yourself. You hate yourself. Here's what the Lord would say to you today. Forgive yourself. Release it. It's over. Let it go. I forgive you, says the Lord. I have forgiven you. Step into that freedom right now. Step into that freedom right now. Step into that forgiveness right now. Receive it. You're not above it. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness and all sin. Right now, Lord, I take authority over the guilt and the shame. Lord, the nightmares, the trauma, the night sweats. Anybody in the house having night sweats? Anybody having night sweats in the house? Raise your hand. In the name of Jesus, right here. Thank you, Lord, right now. Your hand's moving upon them, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. Can we sing all hail King Jesus, Joni, come quickly. And we close with this song. We're going to sing it. Band, would you come? All hail King Jesus, quickly. I declare tonight of miracles and healings over your body. I declare that there will be complete cleansing of mind, of your emotions, of the hurt and the anger and the frustration and the uncomfortableness. That when you see the individual out in public, it no longer causes your stomach to turn and you want to walk the other way. But there is a deep compassion and a longing for the will of God to be done in their life. God, may your spirit fill us to overwhelming where your fruit comes out of us, love, tenderness, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering. Oh, Lord Jesus, may your Holy Spirit enable us, us, enable us, oh God, to walk like Stephen. Father, forgive them, for they did not know what they were doing. We bless you. Come on, let's sing it. All hail King Jesus. My Lord. Mm-hmm. All hail the Lord of My Lord. heaven and earth. All hail King Jesus.
one more time. Father, I declare over your people a free people. I cancel, Lord, the assignment of darkness upon them. Lord, as we cross the Jordan River today, many of us, of just day-to-day living, as we step into the water, oh God, we cross that river. May we truly enter into the land flowing with milk and honey. Anxiety, depression, arthritis, mm, night tremors, headaches, migraines, cancer, high blood pressure, sleepless nights are over. To the people of God who have come to the place of forgiveness and release, who have canceled the debts of others. For Lord, you said to Peter, Peter, that when you forgive the sin, it shall be forgiven. And so Lord, we forgive the sins of those that have trespassed against us. So we release them, O God. That they owe nothing else to us. We cancel their debt. Now life and freedom come. And all God's people said, amen and amen and amen and amen. All right. We love you guys. Tonight, as prayer is still going on here at the front, 5 o'clock, be here for prayer. 6 o'clock, Bishop Lance Johnson will be with us. Have a great afternoon. Thank you.